Hello and welcome to the Pickup WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Eicher. And I'm your other host, Freddie Rivas. What's up? And this is episode 46. Welcome back, Freddie. Good to be back. You were you were away doing away. big things. You can yep. feel free to tell us about it. Yeah, I was uh, uh, rehearsing for um, Second City. Um, for those who don't know what that is, it's sort of a, a, like a sketch comedy improv institution in Toronto and Chicago. And I'm going to be an understudy for the main stage cast. And yeah, it's a big, big deal. It was, uh, it's an honor to be doing it. And it's hard work, but it's really fun. Amazing um yeah we've had a lot happen with the WNBA the last yeah. two weeks mainly the draft happened uh always such a you know a bright heartwarming uh moment every year I I I don't know there's something very endearing about the draft that I always enjoy how about you Freddie yeah big time well sorry let me first just shout out uh Chelsea late uh for doing such an incredible job <laughs> uh it was amazing listening to you too and like yeah watching this podcast from a or listening to this podcast from afar it felt both surreal and like also like a legit like it felt i don't know like almost more legitimate in this weird way where i'm like oh my god we we're doing it but like i'm not doing it but you know there's like this like different dynamic different perspectives and yeah it was awesome to hear her take on things like you know we'll get into it but particularly like the ncaa stuff and um yeah it was it was on it was awesome and like honored to have her as our first uh uh guest guest star co, co- guest co-host i don't know what the i just said guest guest yeah yeah i'm i'm overthinking <laughs> it. but yeah the the draft the draft was amazing um you know i think it's watching people's dreams come true um i think like so many other sport comparisons or, or league comparisons it's different for women um in and that like there's less opportunity um there's less certainty uh and yeah it was uh it was, it was really it was really special i feel like the 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 pageantry was was fun um no, i'm not very fashionable but like the looks were cool a lot of like pantsuits i thought um but yeah, it, it was cool. Like uh, seeing also like the characters, uh, whether it's like Holly Rowe or Engelbert or, you know, uh, I thought the, uh, the, I think that it was the fourth pick, like the, the trade before the pick was kind of like juicy and exciting. So that's fun. Um, I mean, a certain amount of unpredictability as well after, uh, you know, Boston and Miller. But uh, yeah, we can kind of get into the nitty gritty. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just, it, it's an inspiring thing. It's like an important night for a lot of people and their families. So it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, um, the team I'm kind of most intrigued by coming out of this draft is the Dallas wings because um, the mystics traded their pick to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Stephanie uh, Soares. Yep. And so now they have three, um, you know, high picks uh coming to their team and i i you know dallas is one of those teams where i'm just like what exactly are you doing you know what i mean like they're just yeah they're just one of those teams they also um they also have the 11th pick as well i think 
Abby Myers. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm curious to see what Dallas is trying to do. You know, they have Arike Gumbawale, I believe, still. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all these young players, like, you know, we all know who, like, these top two teams are going to be and who's going to be in the finals. But it's also, like, I have no idea who they're going to face in that second round. And I don't know if Dallas is aspiring to be that team or if they're kind of, like, rebuilding and waiting to be, the, you know, a top team in the next few years so curious to see what dallas is going to do this year yeah i mean i think that the dominant narrative as it should be and as it will be uh is the super teams um and sort of like you know who's going to be the favorite coming in and all that kind of stuff but i think what teams make the playoffs is going to be a big narrative but more than that i think we're sort we're almost like dancing around this it's like who's the third team um, and I think that's going to be very interesting. And I feel like the, the, the talent level is high in the W and, you know, it, it's like, well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe no teams will be on, on, you know, the aces or the, the Liberty's level at all. But if I, you know, had to make, had to make a bet, I would say I, I would pick the field as far as like one of these teams, two of these teams, being competitive and and sort of get, making those teams sweat. I, w I wouldn't pick the field as far as one of those teams winning the championship next year, but um, yeah, there's a you know like if you're a team like the Wings, you have a lot of talent coming in. Uh, I think probably the Wings have too much to. There's too much to come together in a short period of time to be like a real threat. But um, a team I'm looking at is is, uh, is the Dream. You know, they, they got a, they got a high pick. Um, where is it here? Who, where was their pick? Uh, I think it was, was it five? Um, oh, sorry. It wasn't that high. My bad. Um, <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah. It was, it was our Canadian, which we'll, we'll get to later, but um, you know, the, the eighth overall pick plus Ryan Howard, I think, you know, and further growth, better management. Yeah, like, they also had the six with uh, Haley Jones. Oh, right. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think that they're going to do some damage. They're going to improve. And it should be interesting to see what players kind of like fill the gap on those teams like Connecticut or Seattle or whatever. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be juicier than than just a two-team race, I think. Yeah, we also have a, a new Canadian in the league, which we're always excited about. Um, wait, I just had my tab open. I have too many tabs open. Uh, Letitia Miri. Uh, so shout out to her. She's from my hometown, Mississauga, which is exciting. Um, she went to uh, South Carolina. So, you know, she's six foot four. Uh, you know, they kind of based on the the write up about her, it looks like they picked her up mainly for her upside and defensive mm -hmm. abilities. So anyway, for us, because we're so, you know, we're Canadian, we're like, well, trying to get more and more into the WNBA. Uh, it's exciting to see her there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, just to comment on, on the height thing, I think I only counted one player <clears throat> um, shorter than six foot. So this is a pretty big draft, like. Mm -hmm. uh, uh Sora is a six six obviously but uh um 
Letitia is, uh, you know, six four, and and like you said, like upside. Uh, oh, by the way, Sora's just just a comment there. I think is going to miss the entire season um, with an ACL tear. Uh, but so that's also, I guess, an upside pick. But um, yeah, it's it's amazing. I actually wanted to pull up before we started. Um, you know, she is the just doing a quick count here. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. She is the nineteenth ever uh, Canadian player. Um, she will uh, be joining three other Canadian players in the W. So there's just four now. Um, so yeah, it's an you know it's an elite league, and that's a massive accomplishment. Uh, and you know, yeah, shout out Mississauga. Uh, it's a really really big deal, you know. Um, uh, I'm happy for her and I know it's sort of like an upside thing. Like maybe she's not going to make that much of an impact right away, but uh, she seems pretty awesome. So uh, shout out to her and shout out to Mississauga and go Canada. Yeah. Um, let's move on and talk a little bit about Caitlin Clark. Um, we all know who Caitlin Clark is NCA's breakout star this year. Um, you know, she has one more year to play before she's eligible for the WNBA draft. Um, but you know, there's an article here about how, you know, it's always an anonymous executive, right? It's always an anonymous executive speaking out kind of basically saying they wish she could enter the draft this year. Um, for the record, Caitlin Clark is not, um, has not said she wishes she could enter the draft this year. So this is just coming from a biased executive perspective. Um, but yeah, I just thought we could talk about that for a bit. Like, is that something you wish you could see? Or do you like, are you happy with the rules as they are that they have to play so many years in the NCAA before they're eligible for the draft? Like, what's your stance on that? Yeah, well, first let me say, I, you know, I thought uh, back back to uh, um, Chelsea, I thought she brought up a lot of good points kind of about the opportunity and like where you're drafted uh, in the NCAA and eligibility and sort of the heightened value of a degree uh, for women. And, you know, you, you talked also about fouls, you know, um, uh, becoming a mortician. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of like the post career thing. So I think that, you know, yeah, I, I'll just say, I do feel like it's a higher level of importance considering the money is less and, all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I will say I feel like the option uh, to me should be there. Like the idea that you have to get a degree or you have to be 24 um, is prohibitive. And I think that it's interesting that, you know, yeah, the anonymous executive or whatever, someone is saying they want to pay Caitlin Clark next year. Yeah, I'm sure Um, it's the Indiana fever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, right? Like, could you imagine being uh, quite confident it's the Indiana fever? I I mean, I have no evidence of that, but like, obviously, they would be the most outspoken about that this year with the number one pick, and they need a, you know, I mean, they like look, they're gonna, I think they're gonna be much better this year, but you know, they need a franchise changing player to turn things around for them although i will say with Aaliyah boston shout out to Aaliyah boston the first pick 
um, had people like cheering for her in Indiana. Like they cut to like a crowd of people like cheering for her. So they're really excited for Leah Boston. And I thought that was really sweet. So, you know, hopefully she is that player for them. Yeah. And, you know, we like, uh, you know, I feel like every pod there's like sort of like a two, three minute, like, uh, Indiana, but, um, <laughs> but Boston is, is a franchise changer. Absolutely. She's that good. She's going to be like a, a, an immediate impact. I think, um, as far as in, you know, the fever being competitive, it's sort of like, you know, you need more than a single star in the W for sure to be competitive every night, but it's a start. And yeah, if you are a team that's near the bottom looking for hope, why you why would you not advocate for Clark? And I think that's interesting too that you have this like advocating coming from advocating, maybe it's not the right word, but like, you know, this this sort of want for a player to be able to declare earlier, not just from the player, not just from a career perspective, but from like a franchise business perspective. So you're saying like, hey, this player is absolutely, and I think anyone that watched Clark play. I would, you know, it's not a wild thing to say that she could be in the W now and she could be good now. Um, it's a higher level of basketball, hundred percent. So how good she would be like, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, let me just throw this at you. Clark's in the league this year. How good is she right away? Is she an all-star or she could be? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, she doesn't seem phased by anything in the NCAA. So I assume that she would at least be a starter, like high level impact player in the league. So that to me, you know, yeah, there there's, there's special kind of talents and exemptions. And this is just sort of a broader thing, but career windows in certain, you know, like sports or like, uh, music or entertainment or whatever can be small. Uh, so I think that it's important to allow people to, if they're ready to be there right away, like we're not saying, um, this is a weird example, but we're not saying like, uh, Hey, Justin Bieber, you're amazing, but you're 17. So you can't release uh, <laughs> your, your hit single yet. You have to wait till you're 25. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I think that's, that's a, uh, I, I think really positive direction that the NBA uh, you know, coin in the bucket uh, has been going right. You have the G league. Uh, there's now uh, athletes unlimited, which is sort of like a Drake KD funded league that is paying players who are between 16 and 20, a hundred thousand dollars a year. This NBA draft is going to feature two twins actually that are coming in high, high draft picks from that league. Uh, do just totally didn't participate in the NCAA. So I, I think that, because of special players like Clark um, and, you know, shout out Angel Reese, I think is another player who could probably be in the W right now. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot more, right? So I feel like that, I, I think that should be an option. And I feel like the players that want to continue in college and get the degree, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, will still be able to do that. <clears throat> And then the last point I'll say is reading through the draft stuff, I counted about five ACL injuries. So people are getting severely hurt 
before they're having the opportunity to make big money. And that's why I think it's really important to allow professional athletes to make money as early as they can. Yeah. I mean, the thing like, so I completely agree with you. Like, I do think it should be ultimately an individual's like choice Mm -hmm. when they enter the WNBA, assuming they're like a legal adult. Like I'm not saying they should be in the league as a minor or something, but outside of that, I think it should Mm -hmm. be their choice. Um, And yeah, I, I agree. Like not every player's career is long. And I think, you know, taking that for granted isn't, you know, isn't something we should do. Um, I do think that like if Caitlin Clark or even if Angel Reese like were able to enter the league now, um, they would be instant stars. It would actually boost the popularity of the league. You know totally. what I mean? So even if it's like they're not like legit all-stars yet, they would at the very least be playing at that level. Yeah. Or, or not playing at that level, but having like that kind of exposure of an all-star, which For I sure. think is like I don't know. Personally, I think that's good. Maybe other people don't think that's good. Like that's too much pressure early on. But again, like it would be their choice whether or not they wanted to take on that pressure or spend another year in school. I also think like, you know, the post um, playing career is very important. But I also feel like you can, you know, the season isn't so long that you couldn't in the off season figure out a way to continue your education and then eventually end up with your degree. It might take a little longer, right? But you could still end up with a degree before, you know, hopefully before you retire. So that's personally what I would want to do. Like, I'm not, I don't know if it's like, I just have a bias or whatever, but just like the whole like university culture atmosphere thing. I do think it has some value, but once you've had like a couple years of it, I just, I don't know. I feel like, I just feel like move on, you know, like I kind of, mm-hmm. I even felt that way in high school. Like I was just so ready to move on to like the mm-hmm. next phase of my life. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just not super sentimental in that way personally. Yeah. Me either. I, you know, I think we're pretty, we're pretty synced up there. Um, and I know what's the acronym for, uh, um, for the, the, the payment in college. It's like a three letter thing. It's like, I, I, all I have in my head is IRL and it's absolutely not that. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm actually not sure what you're referring to right now. It's like, it's like, you know how there, there's like how in NCAA now they do, the, the athletes do get paid a small amount. You mean like their name and likeness or something? Name and likeness, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Um, yeah, so I think like that is, sure, that's great. But I still largely consider NCAA athletes unpaid athletes, mm-hmm. which I always feel weird about analyzing unpaid athletes. Um, and, you know, particularly when you, you see things like all these like, um, you know, like how, like how much money has caitlin clark made the ncaa um you know via ratings and that kind of stuff like they are absolutely cashing in and and you know she's not seeing any of that money which i think is absolutely wrong and uh yeah so to me that's that is kind of like it just doesn't equate a degree and i think particularly with the with the high level stars 
they should have the opportunity to be making money to get endorsements, all that kind of stuff, like as soon as possible. Uh, and, and like you said, there's ways to kind of get a degree later or, you know, whatever, like if they're, if they're, if they do so well in the W their college is going to want to celebrate them. So they should be able to come back and get like an honorary degree. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and yeah, I, I think your point is key too, about the sort of momentum with the W like, you know, Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark come into the W they like they have this big tournament, right? Then they declare. Then all of a sudden the draft changes and people are like, oh my God, are they going? Like, where's Caitlin Clark going? Is she going ahead of Boston? Blah, blah, blah. Um, all that changes the narrative. And then, yeah, like where Caitlin Clark or Angel Reese go, all of a sudden people people know this player. Jerseys are going to sell more. Um, maybe you're the Fever or maybe you're whatever, the Wings or you know, the links and you, you, you're not sort of looking forward to being a team that's like getting beat up by the super teams, but you have this, this superstar. So you're like, well, you know, the narrative starts now. We like, we're not going to be good yet, but we're going to be good soon. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very into the sort of player empowerment version of them having the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about Brittany Griner. Um, first of all, she's writing a memoir uh, about her time uh, in Russia. It's slated to come out around this time next year. So obviously we're going to read that, you know, just like we watched Maya Moore's doc. And <laughs> no, ah. I'm kidding. I will act, we'll probably read that and, uh, and dive into that. So that's exciting. Um, in addition to... Um, we found a, a new article on Paul Whelan. If you recall, that was the other prisoner that was in Russia during the same time. Well, he's been there much longer uh, in totality, but was there during the same time as Brittany Griner and was very much uh, talked about in these uh, negotiations for prisoner swap. And ultimately, he was not part of that prisoner swap and is still there and uh basically i guess through a fit like I, I can't recall if it's a family member or family mm -hmm. member spokesperson but just essentially saying that he feels abandoned by the american government and there hasn't been any movement on his release uh at the same time there's like a new person who's been arrested uh evan uh gershkovich i'm some my apologies if I'm mispronouncing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Brittany Griner and uh, her wife, Sherelle, are advocating for their release. So, you know, very interesting just how, like, all this has turned into, you know, them becoming advocates. Like, it's kind of like the accidental advocate, so to speak, you know, like how right. like, you go through something and then you realize this is like an underrepresented topic and then it becomes this whole thing. I, I will say on the flip side, like, it, I don't know why, but it's a lot of conservative media that is covering this. I, I don't know, like, if they're trying to have some sort of bias, like, for or against anyone involved. Like, I, I just, it was just something I noticed. Like, it wasn't, like, that I saw anything in the coverage itself that was, like, anti Britney Griner or anything, but I mm -hmm. just for some reason and i know paul whelan i believe is conservative 
but uh you know it just seems like that's the only coverage because like i was sending freddie like multiple like fox news articles and i rarely yeah uh like to support fox news but it was just the only people really like reporting this on a high level so anyway just wanted to throw it out there that there might be a um a right wing bias to this coverage if you're also seeking it out yourself um but nonetheless like i think like even if i disagree with his political views i don't think he deserves to be there mm -hmm. um yeah. so he definitely does need to come home regardless and then we can debate <laughs> and then yeah. we can debate things but yeah just very interesting that there was no movement there i mean i know when britney was first freed there was a lot of criticism about paul whelan not being freed and her being freed because she's a celebrity and things like that and which you know that might be true but that doesn't mean she didn't deserve to come home so it's just this weird kind of thing that's happening that i feel is sort of lingering post uh britney's return yeah i mean so so many good points and you know we we, we agree on, on all of them and, and shout out to you for you know kind of sticking true to our promise with this pod that you know with our coverage of Britney, uh, we also became like accidental advocates and yeah, followed Paul's true. story. Um, and, you know, uh, Paul Whelan is, uh, you know, unjustly imprisoned um, in, you know, in a Russian labor camp. And I think has now been there as of this article uh, for 1570 days. So, uh, you know, that's pretty disgusting and it's, it's awful for his family and, you know, just absolutely like a tragic situation. He deserves to be home. Uh, and I think uh, what we've also seen, what we've learned as well with political prisoners, that there's like almost this, this sort of like, like awfully gross thing that, um, that, that countries like Russia do where they um, almost like acquiring assets, they abduct Americans um, and basically are, are put them in prison and put political pressure. So it's sort of like with Paul Wheeler with like another person um, getting charged with like a, you know, fake charge of whatever, whatever it is, uh, espionage. Um, and then we know the process, right? He's going to have to like, plead guilty he's gonna be sentenced to a preposterous amount of time um and then that like i guess bumps paul closer to the front of the line uh yeah it's a, it's a horribly sort of like like chess game it's a horrible chess game of kind of like messing with people's lives and and preying on um sort of the division in in the u.s and i think that's where your point of you know, right-wing agenda and right-wing media really comes in here. Um, and, uh, you know, we're seeing it a lot with, 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 uh, with queer stories, with trans stories, with, with black stories, right. There's always like the wedge issue where, um, you know, that like Russia or other, you know, I guess like uh, bad actors in this situation, their goal is to create more and more division you know, the idea that we as a public should, you know, 
have to choose between innocent people is like it's just a horrible framing to begin with and yeah like if you're someone who is resentful that griner is free uh and 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 paul is not like you're totally missing the point like an innocent person has been freed and that's a good thing and i also think from a you know the right-wing agenda point of view it's important to remember that Biden is a Democrat and he's the president. So this person who's not being freed is like, instead of being mad that, that Putin uh, has, you know, under his watch, someone who is innocent is in jail. Uh, and you know, that's where you, that's where you should be mad. And, or that's where the anger should be directed and directing it at, Biden or the Democrats or whatever is like you're 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 basically playing into you know a false Russian you know agenda right so and and I think just from a political standpoint that's what Fox has been doing for a long time right especially with the you know the presidency of Donald Trump they basically there was a time in the U.S. where there were like the the Democrats and Republicans agreed upon Russia and their stances right and that's obviously changed and you know you even see it with uh ukraine right but um yeah it's it, it's shitty <laughs> it's a bit of a tangent on your bit part of, bit of a tangent <laughs> but no but i i mean like you know hey we're canadian right we're we're, we're we sort of see uh we, we see our our right-wing media sort of play into like they 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 look highly upon dictatorships and that kind of stuff and they yeah. look highly upon dictatorships. Well, yeah, they they put pressure on on Trudeau or whoever's in power that like they they're not, they're not tough on China or they're not tough on Russia or whatever. Oh, okay. And look highly made it seem like they look fondly. So yeah, sorry, I should. Was, yeah, that's yeah. that's bad phrasing. But I mean, like they, yeah. There's if if you're in power, they try to put pressure on you to be tougher against a country that is not negotiating fairly and. And poor Paul Whelan is is in the middle of this, and obviously Griner as well. Um, yeah, political mm -hmm. pawns. Yeah. Um, oh my God, this is so unrelated. But did you see that um, Fox News settled a a lawsuit with um, the vote, the American voting system? I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're almost. It's like just under a billion dollars because mm -hmm. they don't want to go to court and have to attempt to prove that they didn't lie because they clearly lied. Yeah. Uh, madness. Okay. Um, Dominican voting is that what? It was? Dominion. Dominion. Sorry. Dominican. My bad. <laughs> Freddie, it's time for your fun question. Which is good because yeah, I feel like we're recording really early and uh this turned into a giant political rant and me saying dominican instead of dominion so i'm slipping uh but um yeah uh yeah my my friday's fun question is uh i love players celebrations and catherine if you had to uh you know design a celebration for a player um what would it be and who would you design it for yeah, so I wrote back to you and I wrote, what's a player celebration? And then you didn't get back to me. My bad. Um, a player celebration is, uh, what's what's a good example? Um, uh, you know, if you, if you hit a three and you shoot the arrow, 
like you mime shooting an arrow or like uh, in football, people know touchdown dances. Uh, and uh, some players have signature oh. moves that they do. So See, it's like, I was interpreting this like, like, you know, like, are we going to a club? Like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, that's I didn't, hilarious. That's what that's where my head was going. If you want to go that direction and you, you, you know, you have like a TikTok we pause dance, the you, game and then we go. To yeah. The then we just uh, yeah, transition to the club. Um, uh, OK, well, what's yours? Give me a chance to think about this. That that's very fair. Um, I uh, she, she's a big highlight person, and I don't know that Sabrina Ionescu uh, has a particular celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know she dimes it out a lot. She's going to be uh, you know hitting Stewie for a lot of assists this year. She could very well be the league leader in assists. Um, I know obviously Vandersuit's on the team as well, but um, I want to see some type of like, you know, the a lot of times NBA players do the goggles when it's like, I see you from far away mm-hmm. or the binoculars. Sorry. Like, you know, I, that pass was like a, whatever touchdown pass. Um, so I, I want to see uh, Sabrina uh, raise her elbows and like, do like a, like a sort of like slow helicopter spin. Like she like she throws it from far away and she's like, I'm from a top helicopter style. That's funny. That is ridiculous, but How also you do, very Freddy. Yeah, you have to work on it pretty hard. And uh yeah, no one's watching us. So I, I just did my own version of a helicopter and it was horrible. So maybe not the best answer. <laughs> um yeah, because you would be potentially dizzy and then not available for a fast break, but yeah. it is fun to think about. Okay, just to buy you a bit more time, here's another one. Stewie um, is just getting like sort of like dimed all over the place and and has a lot of layups, a lot of easy buckets. So when she when you know when Stewie has like a really like easy layup or whatever, she does the like you know when golfers are really close to the hole and they do the like small putt. So Stewie gets a layup and then like does like a small tap in putt. <laughs> Which would be disrespectful, but I'm into the disrespect. Okay, that's fun. That is fun. Um, so I, I, I'm thinking about Kelsey Plum. Okay. I feel like she's got the personality to have a signature like that. Yes. Um, you know, I'm thinking about the ice in the veins. Like we just saw that mm. like Lakers game where LeBron and and Dennis Schroeder did that like ice in the veins thing when he hit a when he hit a three I could see Kelsey doing something like that but I'm trying to think of like a twist like like maybe like when she does it like on the video monitor do we like I want to do some sort of play with like the Vegas like desert and like the ice in her veins but I'm not sure like what exactly that would be Hmm. Maybe it's like like she like freezes on the spot, like I'm frozen. But um, like the shot's frozen, so it's like yeah, she like holds like the it's like because it's time. like yeah, because it's like the perfect shot, it goes in, and then it's like yeah, something like that. That's pretty great. Also, the obvious example I didn't think of is that uh, Clark and Reese both did the like the hand in the face. Like I don't. Oh see yeah, you. yeah, you're yeah, not yeah, there. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm so good that you're not even defending me. Yeah. Um. That's what, which is for sure a player celebration. Yeah.
another uh, player's head. Um, cool. Well, Freddie, thanks so much. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Been another great episode. Hey, we're we're getting closer to May. We're getting closer to the start of the season. We're getting closer to our game in Toronto. So lots of exciting stuff coming up. Uh, you can follow us at the Pickup WNBA Pod. Uh, thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Peace.